need a bigger boat. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Life, uh, finds a way. Welcome back to Spielberg Chronologically. This is the podcast where we go through every single one of Steven Spielberg's movies in chronological order. My name's Jeff. With me is Eric. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Long time, man. I, I, I was really excited this morning. I'm like, woo, I haven't recorded actually with uh, either of my podcast compadres in a while. And here I am getting to do it at the same time because with me from my other podcast, The Movie Draft House, is Mark. Hey. Yep. Contributing as always. It's like the hey, like, like I like I like I said last time, it's not Gabe, it's a three-way. We did that joke. Yeah. Um it's yeah. a recurring bit cuz I'm here again. Okay. Well, anyway, so um we are in the this is the penultimate episode at least uh, uh proper of Spielberg chronologically because we watched West Side Story his second to most recent film uh, that came out in 20, uh, help me out, 2021? It was yeah. 21. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it was a pandemic baby. And, uh, of course, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring a relatively unknown cast, not completely, like, so the lead Ansel Elgort, what a name. Um, he was Baby Driver in the film baby driver yeah yeah it's a good movie i liked it and that's the only person i recognized throughout the runtime of the film so rachel ziegler uh this was her first her first feature film there are a lot um so my favorite performance in this film was by ariana debose who played anita uh and she won an oscar for this role actually but this is like one of her rare movies because she's mostly a Broadway musical star. Yeah, she's uh she's Hamilton. She she was in the the cast of Hamilton. Um and she was also I don't know, have you guys seen Schmigadoon? The uh Stop making things up. <laughs> no, no, it's a great show. It's the Apple TV show. It's um uh Keegan Michael Key and Cicely Strong from Saturday Night Live. And the concept is they're an arguing couple, like a couple that's on the verge of breakup and they're on a walk in the woods and they like cross this bridge and they end up in a movie musical from the 1950s. And uh, it's torture. It's like a six episode (laughs) thing, but like no matter what they do, they can't escape and everybody's constantly breaking out into song and stuff. Uh, Fred Armisen's in it. A whole bunch of people are in it. It's great. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. What's it called again? Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. Yes. Very funny. on, Where's that streaming? It's on Apple TV. But anyhow. Never going to watch it. Great. Okay. The the woman who plays Anita has a, a pretty sizable role in that. And she is equally awesome in a very different way. She plays like the school marm. And uh, it's very funny. Very good stuff. Ariana DeBose in, in this film is immensely the, the most likable, uh, most charismatic character uh, in the film. And it... it I will get to it, but yeah, we'll get into that. I don't disagree, but I don't necessarily agree. Uh, there are some other performances I really like, but I, to me, she was the standout. I think. Um, I think but I, in, I, I wanted to talk about Rachel Ziegler because we kind of like blasted right, well, first, right past that. 
No, no, I'm no. I was going to see what your history was with this film and do what we normally do for however many episodes we've been doing this. But all of a sudden, no, that's fair. Go ahead. That's fair. No, don't don't need. Eric, what's your history with this movie? I have traditionally always hated West Side Story. Um, Thank you. Like I, I in high school uh, knew a young woman who seemed like her life's work was committed to getting me to watch West Side Story, and I resisted, and I resisted, and one day she finally trapped me at her house and uh, made me watch it, and I was filled with great mockery. And, you know, for the rest of my life, walked around kind of snapping my fingers in a mocking way, pretending I was a jet. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, really strongly have hated West Side Story for a long time. What, that said, what version of that was did you watch back then? Because it clearly wasn't this version. No, no, no. This was, this was like the 1963 okay. Natalie Wood version. Yeah, um, it was directed by uh, Wise... Um What's the director's name of the original? I think it was Wise. Last name Wise. Yeah, know. yeah. The, the the one the the only one before right. this one, <laughs> right? Um, and you know, my wife is a big West Side Story person, and uh, she also has like on many occasions tried to get me to watch West Side Story, and I think I watched it with her once. I think I bought her like a special edition Blu-ray thing, and I with the agreement that I would watch it, it was like a like a Valentine's Day concession, right? Nice. And then uh, a few years back, she went to see it at a uh, at the Ohio Theater here in Columbus uh, with my mom and my daughter, and I did not go. Um, so like most of my life has been spent avoiding West Side Story. That said. There are things about it that you just know, you know, like it's stuff that you pick up culturally by of osmosis. Like when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. And, you know, like there's certain things that you just can't get around knowing about West Side Story. Um, so I went into this with really mixed feelings because, you know, like it's almost like a, a tenant of my personality. Like I have rules in life, like don't smell things when people say smell this and uh it's a good, good call. one <laughs> thank you and uh don't don't watch west side story is one of them right <laughs> um so uh yeah i went into it like not not knowing how i was gonna feel about it and i mean i i came out of it on the other side kind of a changed person like i i I actually really liked this. Something happened to Eric along the way where he just likes everything now. Mm. Like, he, Ready Player One, he's like, you know what? I kind of like this. Anyway. I think, everyone well, everyone needs a hype man, and Eric's the hype man. <laughs> right. I, I, I got what he was putting down. I'll just say that. Like, I picked it up. He, he used to be the guy who tried to cook and eat gremlins, and now he <laughs> likes everything. What about you, Mark? Any history with West Side Story so, prior to watching this film? Yeah, I'd seen I'd seen the original West Side Story a long time ago, and I just remember it just being just like, oh my god, um, just not over the top, but just like like a lot, um, you know, as far as musicals go. And and I'm a big musical fan, um, and so it's probably been about twenty years since I've seen the original, uh, and watching this one brought a back a lot of those uh same feelings but it mainly had to do with the actors 
in the in the roles that I was completely taken out of this one. Um, I really loathe Ansel Elgort, uh, the actor. Um, he is white bread actor, boring. He sucks. Yes. God. Uh, so um, <laughs> let's let's hold some critiques for the body of the pod. And uh, but yes. anyways, that's that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have no relationship with West Side Story. None. I knew nothing. I knew it was a, a play or whatever, a, a Broadway show. And then when it started, I'm like, oh, this is just Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay. I know what's happening now. Um, like you said, there's things, you know, through osmosis, but I didn't know any of the things you said. The only thing I knew was there's a, a be cool sequence, which was referenced heavily in the television show, fly to the Concords, where it was parodied that I was like, Oh, that's where that's from. Great. But that's all I know about West Side Story before watching the film this week. I kind of find and- it hard to believe that you've made it this far in life without, uh, without some West Side Story knowledge. like I want to be him. It's crazy. I didn't... Did, I mean, is it common knowledge that it's Romeo and Juliet? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it... <laughs> uh, you know, I've never heard... Like, um, so is Benny and the Jets, is the song from Elton John, a reference? No, I don't think so, okay. no. <laughs> I, I mean, that's... I don't know. Um, like, I, I turned this on. I knew nothing. I didn't know it was about... Uh, this street toughs, this gang of white street, <laughs> street toughs, toughs versus the gang. Well, what else are they? <laughs> a, they're a gang. <laughs> they are street, street, I've never heard the term Scrappy street toughs. Street toughs. Street toughs. <laughs> Taking on the Puerto Rican street toughs. And then you state the love story starts like Romeo and Juliet. I know where we are now All because right. I do know that. Wait, wait, as wait. As uncultured wait. as wait, I am. Let's back up a little bit. Where are you at on musical theater in general? Like, what, what, like, what are you? I, I used to, years before I met my wife and got married and she introduced me to things, Um, I was like, why do people like musicals? No one actually breaks out in song like this. No one does, you know? And uh, when I was... Sort of like you were watching West Side Story with your wife. My wife doesn't really like movies that much, and obviously I love them, but she has some that she enjoys. So I was like, cool, I'll watch your movies. I'm fine with that. And so I watched a ton of Jane Austen movies, Jane Austen chronologically coming soon. (laughs) I've watched, um, boy, uh, what was it? Gigi. My Fair Lady, like things that sure. I was sitting with my mom watching Jeopardy. I'm like, My Fair Lady. And my mom's like, how the hell do you know that? Like, because she never saw me watching musicals. And so I started kind of, they grew on me. Because right? Audrey like, Hepburn is cute. That's how you know that. She's cute. I kind of like these. And then I watched um, the Les Mis with Hugh Jackman and the phoned-in performance from Russell Crowe. That's still a good movie because Anne Hathaway slays. Bro, in that I love movie. Russell Crowe in that movie. You're the only one, and that's okay. Because because <laughs> it's, it's so it, it's it's bad, but you can tell like he's like he might he, he might into it. no he might be trying though in that movie. Uh, I it's don't so think bad so. that he might be trying and like it's just terrible. It's just failing. Okay, <laughs> but then 
So I've watched several musicals since, and I've been like, okay, the, I love La La Land. Seen it several times. Which other and one do you Mark, love? Mark, yeah. over on the movie Draft House, had f- made me watch uh, The Greatest Showman, which Let's is go. fantastic. Yeah, it's a good Let's one, go. yeah. Yeah, so I am on board with musicals. I have no. Have you ever uh, Have you ever gone to see one live? You ever been to like a live yes, musical? Yes, I've seen two live. I've seen one called Hot Mikado, which a friend of mine was in, and then I saw another one that I can't remember the name of that my wife and I went to uh, here at a local theater. So I've seen a couple live. I am not opposed to going to see more. I think musical theater makes more sense than musical cinema. Um, it, it just feels like a better place for it. Yeah. But that being said, I like both. I'm on board. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So it's just it just happened. It's just happenstance that you never West Side Storyed. Them. It was that. It was that I didn't. I didn't like musicals. Yeah. Okay. And and my wife doesn't. Hey, Jeff, so uh, West Side Story wasn't one of the ones she was into, so I never saw it. Did you ever see uh, the the comedy Anger Management with Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler? Once, years ago. Okay, and they they have a whole scene where uh, Jack Nicholson makes Adam Sandler sing, I feel pretty. Okay, (laughs) yes, I know I feel pretty, right? I didn't know it was from West Side Story, but when that number starts, I'm like, (laughs) okay, of course I know that song. That is that is true. That is something that I've gained through osmosis, but I never knew what it was from. That's excellent. So I'm I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I grew up on movie musicals. Like when I was a kid, you know, I was a big library kid, and so I would just pull out whatever happened to be at the library on VHS. And one of those things was That's Entertainment, which is like this MGM uh like clip show movie where they show clips of all these famous musicals and then i went down and like hunted down the various musicals right so uh so yeah i really grew up enjoying musicals a lot well i think i think think disney also is a a founder in the musical you know disney's another big one yeah for sure right i love aladdin before i loved or before i knew i was into musicals things like aladdin right and um of course uh Jungle Book and uh, what's my other favorite one? Sword in the Stone. Those obviously I loved anyway. So yeah, yeah. And then my wife and I uh, we go to see live performances several times a year. I would say like we've got a really not great little theater near us that does local productions, and we go and see those pretty regularly. And you know, it's uh, the sort of thing where you go because it's bad, but it's fun because it's bad. And then uh, we also go see, like, the traveling Broadway, like, the, you know, they, they take the big shows and they put them on tour, you know. And you, yeah, right. You, like the, yeah, off-Broadway, yeah. So we go and see, like, you know, Hamilton and Waitress and, like, that sort of stuff when it comes around. Um, and then just two nights ago, we proved just how psycho we really are. And we went and saw the local high school production of Mamma Mia, even though we don't know anybody at the high school. Oh, like, that's <laughs> creepy. Yeah, you're a serial that's killer. Cr- that's creepy. <laughs> What are you? It was was really good, actually. That was. We we saw a professional production of it like last year in North Carolina, and it was like a nightmare. We were like ripping our eyes out, and so like comparatively, the high school kids were like, "Oh, these kids are pretty good. They got it going on." Like the yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was fun. Anyhow, yeah, I'd have reported you. Um, So all three of us. Yeah, I'd call him Mark. I got a guy. All three of us, this is our first time watching it. So now, initial thoughts. 
I'll go first. Um, I hated it. I, and, and I, I, I take it back. I didn't hate it. I hated the performances. Um, other than Ariana DeBose um, and uh, the guy who played, um, what's his name? Yeah, the the brother, Bernardo. Um, Bernardo, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed his performance too. But everybody else, I'm like, God, boring. What about Corey Stoll. Oh no, I did. I, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I did. Um, and I wish he was in the movie more. Um, but because Corey Stoll is great in everything he does. Um, that's true. I didn't mention that's the other guy I recognized, but yeah. But I just like the the film is long. It feels long. Um, the the sets and the cinematography are great. It's a, I mean it's a Spielberg film, so you know that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get elaborate sets. You're gonna get. Um, a great looking film. Uh, I just, man, this was like painstakingly boring to me. Um, I, I, I do not like Ansel Elgort. I, I think he's, I mean, is every, he has no emotion in this film at all. None. And uh, while, while Rachel Zegler has, has a, a, has a fine voice. Um, I just think that she was uh, too, too cutesy, I guess. Uh, for this role, and having no, knowing what the the role was before, uh, and whoever whoever actress played it uh, in the original, um, I just like the film Natalie wants you Wood. to f- yes, uh, Net- white dead Natalie Wood. <laughs> yeah, I remember there being a bunch of backlash um, behind that too, but I just feel like. Spielberg went out of his way to just recreate the same film, um, but just make make it younger, make it more youthful. I guess I don't know. I I, I just didn't like it. I so I'll go next because yeah, I think yeah. I I think that Eric will come out on as the most positive, and I uh, I it, it was good. You know it was. Um, one of the things we say on this pod is something to watch, but it was a little more than that. Um, I agree completely with Ansel Elgort being just dry white toast. Um, like they found him in the lead from ready player one in the same bin and he got a two for one deal and he's like, I'll use these. Thank you. (laughs) They both are just boring and dull and offer nothing of substance. Maybe he got the role because he could sing. Fine. I had no problems with Rachel Zegler. She looks like a high schooler. They're in high school. She is supposed to be sweet and cutesy. She's the one you're supposed to root for. No problems. Ariana DeBose fucking killed this movie. She's amazing. I agree. Bernardo David Alvarez is great. And there's some other great performances and there are some changes uh, even though I've not seen the original, but the the one of the big ones was the character Anybody's, which I'm sure we'll segue into at some point. But um, I, I watched this in two parts, so I can't... While you said it's long and it felt long, I actually took a break in between, so I didn't feel the length quite as much, and I found the second half to be much more enjoyable. Uh, the one person you weren't talking about that I really liked... Um, his performance was Mike Faced, the guy who played Riff, Riff the leader yeah. of the Jets. I thought he was charismatic. Um, you're not supposed to like him, right? He's not there to be likable, but he's charismatic and he's something dangerous about him. And I think that he just kind of 
is the right fodder to escalate the story to where it goes. Um, so I, I, I came out in the positive side, I would say. I think I enjoyed this. Um, yeah, and it's a, a middling thumbs up, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I. so you were talking about how long it felt, and it, uh. I, I kind of like because I'm not as familiar with this as I am with other musicals. I kind of forgot how early in the film Riff and, and Bernardo eat it. Right. Like I kind of in my mind was putting that at, OK, now we're near the end. And when I was reading up on it, like, no, that's the end of the first act of the play. Like that's when the curtain drops for intermission. And then there's this whole second half of the thing. And so like when it starts going through that second half and I was like, Oh, we're just now getting to, I get, I feel pretty. And we're just not like, like there's this whole big long thing at the back end of this movie after those two, uh, after the big rumble, um, which I had forgotten about. And that, that did kind of make it feel longer than I expected. That said, I, I, really enjoy most of the performances i agree with you on on what is it elgort ansel elgort uh he just like he just didn't leave an impression like i I didn't find him offensively bad right like i just was like "Eh, whatever like put up against like the guy who plays riff who columbus ohio represent he's from here um He, uh, I, I thought that guy was, like you said, extraordinary. He was kind of like menacing, and but but it felt like somebody that you knew when you were a kid. You know, like there's yeah. always that like rough kid in the neighborhood who everybody's kind of like, I'm kind of friends with him. Like he's not going to stab me only because you have to be. But we're not yeah. going to hang out, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's that kid. And uh, Rachel Ziegler, um, I just wanted to, to point out, like they they pulled her from a local production of West side story. And she was just a high schooler, right? Like she, she was like 17 when she got cast in this. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was okay with that. Like, I feel like the character is supposed to be young and they're making like young people decisions, you know, and, and not thinking about the repercussions of their actions and, Oh, love, you know, I met a boy in a dance and I love him. Ah, you know, well, he killed my brother, but I'm fine with right. him. Right. And that's, yeah. So, that, and that is, that is a large part of my problem is that n- these characters weren't believable. Um, or the performances weren't believable. And like, you know, I, I get behind, you know, Zegler's character being young in high school and, um, you know, just kind of this youthful ignorance about her. Um, but she's also a product of her environment. And, um, you know, and, and everybody else in this film is feeling the repercussions of, um, you know, the, this racial divide uh, in in the city and in their their territories or whatever. Um, however, she's just going about her business. Um, she's a high schooler trying to be in love. And it's just her, her relationship with, uh, um, Elgort is, is not believable at all. It's, um, it's just there. They're, they're on screen together, but there's no chemistry. Um, it just, it was in that. And because it's, the, that's pretty much the entire film. It takes, it, it took me out of it. Yeah. I don't know if everybody is feeling the racial divide like like many of the characters in the film are feeling it but there's a few pretty big exceptions anita being like the primary one that comes to my mind like that whole song america is her kind of being like 
why don't you just chill out? Why doesn't everybody just chill out? Like it's her, like it's all about her expressing like how happy she is to be there and like telling Bernardo, Hey, if you don't like it, you know, go on back, but I'm not leaving, you know, like, like it, it felt to me like she was, uh, advocating for everybody chilling out, you know? And I don't know, like, I, I wonder how much some of these issues that, that you're having are from this adaptation and how much of it just stems from the original text, right? Like, yeah. like it's just problems, problems with the original story from the play, um, which, you know, it's a Broadway play from 1957. So <laughs> it's going to be a little, which is it's so, and I don't know much about the original play, but it was it half the cast Puerto Rican. Yeah, well, half the cast was supposed to be Puerto Rican. Okay, I don't know if they really right. were, <laughs> because I'm like, well, that's forward thinking of them in the '50s to have you know a, a cast that's minorities. But then again, like you said, they just cast white guys or whatever, and yeah, brown face them. The, um, the interesting thing about that is that like when this came out in the first place, it was contemporary, right? Like. Yeah, it wasn't a period piece. Like we think of it as this thing that took place in the fifties and the guys with the jackets and snapping the fingers and, you know, and when it actually came out, it was like now, like it was about something that was happening right now in the streets of New York city. You know, there were these gang wars and so on happening in the 1950s. And, uh, I don't know. It would be like, I don't know, us producing a movie about mall shootings or some shit like like just yeah. some contemporary thing that's going on you know um so yeah i i don't know i think that is interesting to look at it in that, that way. is interesting yeah I mean, a lot of the uh the 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 musical numbers dance numbers i thought were really well done um that's one thing about this film that that i i did enjoy is the choreography um with the dances and um especially i think my favorite um musical was the one where uh uh tony and uh riff are fighting over the gun um be cool man yeah and like it's just it's it's subtle but it's 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 very um very elaborate as far as uh the movements and the scenes go and and i just that was that that might have been my favorite my favorite scene in the entire the entire film um but i mean what what did you guys think of of the overall musical aspect of it i liked the number you mentioned uh, mostly because it was the one that flight of the concords had parodied and i was like oh that's where that's from and i made the connection and that made me happy I, and I really like the big colorful one. I, th- I think it's the one you're talking about, America, the one that yeah. Anita leads. Yeah. Really like that one. That one felt the most Broadway and spectacular. And again, Anita, the uh, Ariana slays this movie, just crushes it. And uh, so I like those. But generally speaking, none of them. So I'm coming off of, you know, thinking about the the musical numbers in the greatest showman and how every single one of those songs slaps like it just crushes and in this two two of the songs are pretty good but the rest of the themes i'm i'm like all right that's enough of this all of the romantic themes with them singing at each other i i didn't really care for them that much they weren't that strong see i i have a hard time 
I have a hard time gauging my opinion on these songs just because I've known them for so long. Like even even not knowing West Side Story as well as a lot of other musicals. Like I said, like through Osmosis, I can't I can't like I've known that something's coming, something good song like forever, and and a lot of these other ones, you know, I just I've just known them for so long. It's like saying, right. hey, rate rate the songs in the Wizard of Oz, you know, mm. like oh, it's a somewhere where the rainbows are, right? You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard to uh, to have an opinion on them just because they've been in my head like jingle bells for my whole life, you know. Yeah. Um, that said, I do think that the the way they staged America was fantastic. In the original film, they're just like up on a roof, right? And they're kind of going back and forth between the guys and the girls up on a roof. And it's it's a spectacular number in in that film. But this was way cooler. Like it was down on the street level and they're going through all the street vendors, you know, and all the people are gathering around and follow them. It's like a big parade and everything. I, I really like that. Um, it kind of reminded me of In the Heights. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but uh, it's the Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, film that came out about the same time. I don't think he directed it, but it's from one of his plays prior to Hamilton. A uh, lot, kind of like just like a similar vibe. Um, so I liked that. I I liked the the gun number. Um, I liked the Officer Kripke bit, which oh yeah, that was which good. Feels yeah. maybe the most modern, you know, of all the songs yeah. that are in it because uh, it's just like so staccato you know and it moves well, really and it's fast fun. they're playing characters and and changing it and out and reenacting things it's a really fun number yeah i agree yeah um so yeah I, I like that i really thought the part where the the woman who was in the original movie Rita Moreno is that her name yeah yeah um she was anita in the original film and she in this case plays uh tony's boss at the store and they rewrote the character it was originally a man and uh, in this version it's the man's widow or whatever doesn't matter they found a way to squeeze her into the movie and uh when she sings the the someday there will be a place for us at the end i thought that was very effective like that it really pulled me in you know um so yeah i I, I I surprised myself by liking this way way more than I have in the past, and and maybe it was just because it did feel more modern, it felt more current, it felt more immediate. Like the film, yeah. the filmmaking style made it feel more relatable to me. Like when I was watching the other West Side Story, I'm watching an old movie, and you know I love old movies, but for some reason it just doesn't connect with me that earlier version. And this this one felt a lot more relatable to me and and like oh man the camera shot when they're doing the mambo thing and they're coming into the school and the cameras like swings into the school in the auditorium and they're all like whipping around and then like goes Mm -hmm. up over their heads and everything like damn that is spectacular like amazing camera work so i mean it's like mark said like you know you're going to be in for some great sets and great you know cinematography but i mean at certain points i was just like wow this is jaw-droppingly cool like there's some really neat stuff here i also liked how uh they reset 
they reset the setting just a little bit, right? Like they were always in the streets of New York and they're always like in this shared territory that they were fighting over. But this version added the element of, and we're tearing it all down to make room for Lincoln Center, right? That wasn't wasn't part of the original deal. Like, but the fact that they're in this disintegrating city. It it had like a post-apocalyptic feel uh, almost. Yeah. Uh, And I enjoyed that too. Yeah, it, I really like the element of like you two really aren't the the villains like both sides. It's like you really should be worried about the Lincoln, you know, like the the rich people coming in, the gentrification. But you're too busy squabbling with each other to notice that this is going on. Yeah, they're fighting over scraps, right? And and it's all going yeah. to be gone. It, it's like, I mean, metaphorically. It's like the end of the world as they know it, right? And they're still there engaged in this dumb fight back and forth. Um, and it, I mean, we've seen this theme in other films that we watched. Um, but but essentially, like two groups that are very, very similar, who cannot see their own similarities, who are battling it out over something that's useless, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that that just added an extra level of irony to the entire thing, you know? Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's, it was cool. So we've we've said some positive things about the cinematography and filmmaking, but I dropped a link in our chat here, and what you'll see is an image from the gun song. Tell me, which Michael Bay film do you think that's from? <laughs> Transformers. Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? The lens flares, the, the washed-out <laughs> colors. It looks like a Michael Bay thing. Why are there so many lens flares in this movie? Uh, Like, I get when we do action movies and uh, what was the uh, Minority Report or whatever, and then they're in there and you kind of have this, they don't belong here. I don't think. I found it quite distracting. I I actually didn't. I (laughs) Until you mentioned it, I I did not even notice the lens flares. It happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't notice at all. I guess I'm just so used to seeing it in, like, everything these days. Yeah. You know, J.J. Abrams has infected the entire film industry with his lens flares. uh, Well, I mean, you know, he's a a Spielberg disciple, so um, probably Spielberg was paying homage to J.J. Abrams here. He's like, hey, J.J., consult on here. Oh, lens flares, you need those. Put them in. Uh, I did add to the film is my question. <laughs> I um I enjoyed uh uh the subtle, I, I I did not enjoy. Uh, I didn't enjoy um Tony Kushner's changes to a, a couple of the um the musical numbers like uh the I feel pretty song. Uh you know in the original it was um Tony and and uh and what's her face were singing that song. Um or in in the in the the song together. And in this film, she's singing it with, cause she's cleaning the, the store and she's singing it with her, her coworkers. Um, and in the original, I remember that number being very magnetic between the two leads. Um, and had, had a bunch of chemistry behind their performances. And here it's just, it's just a showcase for, I think Ziegler's voice. Um, and so I didn't. I didn't enjoy that change. And then um, when they're in the gymnasium, um, I remember the original kind of they they meet in the in the middle of the gym, 
uh, for the first time. And it's kind of, it, it, it does, a, I think the original does a really good job of like love at first sight type thing. Um, but here in the remake, they, they meet behind the bleachers and I don't really understand the motivation behind the, those changes. Um, but yeah, just things I don't like put it in the jar. <laughs> We're filling it up. Yeah. So let's talk about anybody's. Um, so in the original, um, she's a tomboy uh, who wants to be a part of the Jets and ends up being an informant in a way. Uh, so the, the main change here is, is that um, she's become a non-binary character played by a non-binary actor and um, who is Iris Minas. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. And uh, they had a lot of really positive things to say about being on set here, that feeling welcome, feeling allowed to portray the character in a uh, non-binary way. And I there's one line where the character is like, I am not a girl. And I don't is that in the original? You know, I don't I don't know. Uh. But my, I mean, I didn't remember anybody's or Chino as characters, period. Like, <laughs> were, these, were these people originally in it? And and uh, my wife was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, anybody's anybody's was in the original. Um, it, it, it Like, she seemed to think that the character of anybody's was not that significantly changed, right? Like, yeah. um, and uh, I, like, to me, I, watching it and being less familiar with West Side Story, I thought, well, this feels like a very modern touch that they're putting her in there. Like, this feels like a change to the original script. You know, like, like almost every show you watch these days, they're 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 sliding somebody in there. You know, um, right? And uh, and so I just kind of took note, and and then afterwards I was kind of chatting with my wife, and she was like, "No, that's that's just kind of like how anybody's was in West Side Story originally." Like, uh. Obviously, I think the term non-binary didn't exist, right. you know, back in 1957 or whatever, and so tomboy was the term. Um, but yeah, we we started watching that Grease show on Amazon um, Plus or Amazon Prime, and uh, I thought it was Paramount, but I could be wrong. Oh, you're right; it is Paramount. Yeah, it, I don't remember because it's a real piece of shit show. But there is, <laughs> okay. is a Good to know. Uh, <laughs> don't don't watch it; like it's real bad. Uh, but there's a very similar character. There's there's somebody who wants to be uh, part of the greasers, you know, and it's it's a young woman. And in this case, she seems kind of non-binary, but in the text of the show, she is, you know, female and referred to as a female, kind of like uh, anybody says in this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting that, that in 1957, there was this character so who, for all intents and purposes, you know was uh you know born female who but who identifies as male and wants to be a part of the gang right um so question there's a couple things that, and again i don't i've never seen the original so i mentioned the line where she's like i am not a girl or excuse me they say i am not a girl and then there's this song where they sing about how they pulled their pants down and there was a vagina is that in the original? I don't know. I honestly uh, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there is that one line that one of the guys has that says, you know, oh, she's a girl, you know. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really, I'm not familiar enough with the original to, 
to say, well, you guys are no help. I'm sorry, Where's man. your wife? <laughs> right? Oh, don't, I tried three times to ask my wife if she would come on this Can podcast. Can you text her and ask her these <laughs> questions for me? Can you say, hey, Jeff wants to know? I'm all, because I'm interested if, the, if those were things that were in the original or if they were added in to um, really speak to the non-binary character as portrayed in the film. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I do not know. All I know is that the character existed and was somewhat similar in the original. So it was not it was not just added in for the sake I'm of modern audiences. I'm going to watch the original, I guess. I don't want to, though. You don't have to. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I think you could probably just move on with your life. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I got other things in the fire. <laughs> Any other thoughts around this? I mean, the- I... I- I, I did um I did enjoy the the uns uh the unsubtitled um Spanish in the in the film. Uh I don't remember oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know, I don't remember if the original had subtitles. I don't I don't even I don't even remember. I don't know if um, it even had that much Spanish. Like Right, right. Yeah. But I did enjoy I did enjoy how much um how much Spanish is spoken in the film by the characters and it's meant to be this divide of you know uh hey these characters this is the you know how we're representing these characters and i thought that was a a really good touch is because unless you know spanish you have i mean you don't really know other than the vocal inflection and you know maybe context uh, of the situation um so i i did enjoy that i thought it was a good touch yeah, I thought it was very cool too. It also made me feel a little proud that I kind of understood what was going on, like between my limited osmosis Spanish that I've picked up over the years and just context. I'm like, I know, I know what everybody's saying. I got this. Right. Yes, <laughs> I I heard uh, the word bendejo, and then everyone in the the scene in the ring where um, Chino comes in and he says it. They all stop and turn. I was like, I know that. I know that's a curse word. You know. Yeah, he offended them greatly. Yeah, I, so I, I had a hard time, like, kind of trying to figure out what to talk about with this, just because it is such a well-known property, right? Like, it uh, people have analyzed this play and musical to death uh, uh, over the years. I mean, it's it's like I said, like the Wizard of Oz, or it's like Snow White, or you know, like just some very, very extremely popular piece of popular culture um so yeah i i i don't know uh i i was thinking a little bit about like xenophobia in the united states and uh you know how here we are i don't know is this 60 years later and a lot of the american public still doesn't understand that puerto ricans are american citizens right. <laughs> like like it, it it feels like a relic from the past until you sit there and think about it and then you're like oh no no there's still idiots like all over the place who are like go back home and get out of america to puerto ricans they have no idea that puerto rico is you know part of the united states yeah uh i have a question uh since you may not have any questions do you have questions no, not really. No. I got one. Okay. So what you mentioned, this is so well-known and well-trod. Is there a musical that you would have rather seen get the Spielberg touch? 
Oh, wow, man. Wow. No. No, I feel okay. like this was kind of the right choice. Um, uh, I, go ahead. I, yeah, no. Um, like you, uh, Eric brought up uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda earlier. I think this would have been a, a fantastic Lin-Manuel Miranda film. Um, like if he had done West Side Story, um, just being a Latino himself and, you know, having such a big prominent presence in, um, you know, Latino, uh, representation in film and musicals. Uh, but like, as far as like Spielberg doing a musical, maybe Sweeney Todd, I could, I could get behind a. A Sweeney Todd musical. That was uh, something darker. It would be interesting to see like a uh, a trade there and see uh, Spielberg go after something like Hamilton, which you know, uh, like yeah, we, yeah, okay. all, like all the yeah, historic Hamilton. touches. You know, like if, if they yeah. built if they built the sets and had it well, like in and the that's Spielberg's of sun, like, wheelhouse, right? That's his wheelhouse. His, yeah, yeah. His uh, period pieces are always really well done. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It'd just be interesting, it, that's all. Yeah, but in, in this particular case, I, I feel like um, this is this is a story, like even though the music feels a little dated and so on, this is a story that still pretty much resonates with modern audiences, right? And and it hasn't necessarily faded in, in popularity as much as I personally have resisted it and disliked it. There's no denying that it is a beloved classic, right? And so to take this very well-known property, this beloved classic, and to bring it to a modern audience in a way that feels fresh and, and new, like it kind of feels like the right choice, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of another musical that kind of has as much depth and relevance to a modern audience. Like when I'm thinking of like the classic musicals, right? Um because this movie, like Fan of the Opera, maybe I yeah. could think I, I could I could see Spielberg doing a Phantom. That's of the another opera. one that I hate, though. Like Fan of the Opera, Les Mis. There are certain ones that I'm just like, yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> and Phantom of the Opera, what? Phantom of the Opera, Christine. <laughs> and fuck you. you. Saw the Joel Schumacher <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It was so unbearably it's bad. One of my wife's favorites. Oh my she god. She loves Gerard Butler, though. Yeah. But but this hits hard still, right? Like. I mean, were you surprised watching it, Jeff, that there were murders, that there was this no. intense rape so, scene, that there was like... That surprised me. So, the... Okay, once I knew it was Romeo and Juliet, I was like, okay, this couple's doomed, right? Like, that's just... Because that's Romeo and Juliet. Now, I was actually a little surprised that Maria makes it out of the film, um, but I knew that they were going to die. Now, I... I I was a little taken back, or maybe not taken back, but two of the most charismatic actors in this movie die in the same scene. And that, for me, is like, oh, that's poopy. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of the people who are the most fun to watch are dead now. So um, none of that surprised me, though. But when they started getting ready to uh, sexually assault um, Anita, it was like, oh, gosh. Like, I, I was not ready for that, especially because... That's one of the things in this movie, especially early on, that took me was the serious nature of the source material with the playfulness of a musical kind of was like, whoa, like it just takes you out of it. Like right after the murder scene between the two guys is oh so pretty. It just boop, 
we'll hop over here now. So that took me back a little bit, but I, I, I was pretty confident that both of our leads were going to die. Only one of them did. Um, but other than that, once I realized it was based on Romeo and Juliet, I, it did not shock me that there was the, the violence that it had. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I feel pretty there's a level of irony to it right because like she doesn't know she just doesn't know same thing with the something's coming something good yeah you know what's coming a couple bullets for your spine like there's nothing coming good (laughs) at all right like like there's 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 irony and grittiness to this story and that that's what I feel like Spielberg brings to the fore a little more than the previous version that the grittiness of the story you know like it's not a pretty story these people are not living in nice circumstances and it shouldn't be this glossy hollywood thing right like they should be stomping through muddy puddles and you know having everything falling down around them and the fire escape should be rusty and shitty and you know like that's the way that this should be shown and and so to I think that's what Spielberg is bringing to it here is a heightened sense of realism. And even when people break out into song, that realism remains the same. Like the shop that they're singing in looks like a real shop. It doesn't look like a Hollywood set, you know, um, the street vendors and all that, that they're marching through while they're singing. It all looks real. It all looks lived in. And I think that's what kind of elevates this above the previous version is that the apartment feels real you know like the living situation that bernardo and and maria and anita have it it all just yeah you see it and you're like okay yeah this is these people this is their lives you know it doesn't feel like somebody came in two days before and was like let's put a pink bedspread on this bed you know and that'll be good enough you know <laughs> like i don't know i i really i feel like the material is elevated you mentioned the apartment and so i want to talk real quick about uh, Ariana DeBose again, who I, I, maybe all of us felt she was maybe the strongest. Oh, for sure. I certainly did. Yeah. But the scene after she has to identify the body of Bernardo and comes home and she walks around the dinner table and she says, Maria. But then you can see in her face her fighting back. Like trying to hold it together long enough to tell Maria that her brother died and not being able to do it was so real like at <laughs> that moment i was like shit she's killing the-. like because yeah she's a broadway performer so the singing and the dancing and the pageantry all comes natural but that moment to me was like damn she can act on top of everything else like she kills this entire movie um and that was a moment in the film that i can point to and say that just felt so genuine to me. Well, I mean, Anita is the heart and the backbone of this movie and the the emotional trauma that she goes through at the end of this. It's like her boyfriend, husband, fiance, whatever he is, gets killed. And then that guy's sister is like, oh, I'm in love with the guy who killed him. And I'm going to stick with that. And she's like, what the shit? Like, he just killed (laughs) your brother. Like, what is wrong with you? Right. And then Maria has the audacity to, like, ask her to go deliver a message. And she goes, she walks into the belly of the beast with all of these, like, let's face it, criminals and assholes. Like, no, nobody in this movie, like, as far as the guys go, 
is a good person, right? right. They're, they're all horrible, horrible people, right? She walks into the belly of the beast to, in good faith, deliver the message, right? And then they attack her and try to rape her. And, like, you could totally see why in that moment she just snaps and it was like, you know what? She's dead. Fuck you! <laughs> you know, like, yep. walks out with her middle fingers in the air, you know? Like, because, like, she's just done. She's just done with these assholes. And, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, you're right. Like, she is the strongest piece of the movie, both, both the character and the performance. I mean, it, it just kind of, the through line that carries the whole thing and makes it make sense. Well, I don't have anything else to add. Um... So, no questions from you, Eric? No, we kind of covered everything. Again, like, you know, like, yeah, we could talk about racism there in New go. York City, you know, uh, but, well, uh, you know. We don't live there. Yeah. So, we'll just sign off on that, then we'll just say, hey, uh, next week, the last episode proper, I should say, we have a bonus coming afterwards, but uh, I hesitate to say the final Spielberg episode because he'll make another movie inevitably and we'll be back to do that but for now it will be the season finale as we look at the Fablemans from 2022 fantastic looking forward to it haven't seen it have you have you seen yeah. it Mark I did see it yeah you want to give us a little yeah. preview you want to give us you want to you want to taint, uh, taint our view with the uh, uh, sure um it's it's a very uh just heavy drama um like portrayal i guess of of spielberg's life um and i mean it, it's it's well made it's what like the, at the end of the day every spielberg film is well made and so the the gripes i had with the film um were were that parts were just boring um that's a, it's another one that it's this you have to be along for the ride in order to enjoy it um and when I watched it, I th- I thought like, oh, I want to I want to know what Spielberg thinks of his own life, um, and then come to find out, Spielberg thinks it's a Best Picture nominee, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's just like it was like, oh, I could have done with more, um, either relatable stuff or it was just I find I found it hard to believe that Spielberg at like the age of five was destined to become this great auteur, um, but maybe he was. Maybe you know I didn't know the guy. So, you know, maybe as a, as a child, he was this protege, but, um, it just, it was like, it was kind of like a, it, one big circle jerk for Spielberg. Um, looking forward to that <laughs> all over my face. Let's get to it now. Um, so Mark, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Hey, yeah. So, uh, if you want to holler at me on Twitter, you can find me at, I heard you liked, um, where I'm just I talk I talk shit about different things mainly movies, um, and you can find me with Jeff on at the Movie Draft House uh, wherever you get your podcast. We're uh, we're we're trudging trudging along. We're man, we're we're doing good. Two years doing two good. years in. Yeah, yeah. We just passed the hundred hundred episode mark and uh, uh, many more to come. Yeah. So uh, I don't have to pitch that this time, but I can tell you to find Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore hotter. You can find me at podcast by Jeff. Want to see more from Eric? Go to gamingnexus.com for all his gaming reviews and check out his YouTube channel, uh, Eric Hotter on YouTube. Yep. We're almost done, Eric. Yes, we are. No, it's going to feel really good to put a pin in it. You know, like, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Dude, wait, I, I, I'm excited too, but I, when the credits rolled on family plot from season one, I was like somewhat sad, 
really happy. No, because the movie like, sucked, it was like, bro. The movie did not suck. The movie's <laughs> awesome, and it's an underrated Hitchcock classic. Go check out the back catalog. But it was just like, I, I did it. So we get to do that again next week. Yeah. Or in two weeks. I'm excited for that feeling. I'm excited to move on to the next thing and get started. Oh. So. Have you all announced what the next thing is? Yeah, we're doing Shyamalan. Okay. But okay. we've already started percolating and marinating about season four, uh, which if, if it happens, and I'm pretty sure it will, will be our longest season to date. Oh, it's long. It's I, It would take, I think, several years for us to finish, I, which I'm on board with. I'm thinking about four. <laughs> about four, four years. years? Yeah. I thought two. Oh, baby. <laughs> well, who, 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 who the fuck has that many movies? You'll find out. Don't worry about it. Um, but, uh, shit. So we'll see you in two weeks for the finale of Spielberg chronologically. Have a good one. Bye y'all.